Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. When I ask you to take your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verses 30 and 31. And I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall to the hands of the living God. I'd like to speak to you for a little while on the subject of exposing sin for what it is. We don't have time to do a thorough message on this because this is a big subject. But we know according to God's Word, the Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. You know, our nation is becoming more and more sinful. And people don't seem to care. We have an increasing problem with addiction. Amen. I say, dear ones, there is a price to pay for sin. Amen. It's time that sin be exposed for what it really is. Everybody ought to know how we feel about sin. And at the close of the service, when the preacher preaches on sin, there shouldn't be any question in people's mind that the preacher is against it. Now, sin is not a popular word in the day and time in which we're living, but neither is cancer. But both of them have to be dealt with because both of them are killers. Sin is a killer. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What is sin? Well, it's defined as actions by which people rebel against God. Surrender to the power of evil rather than to the power of God. We know that sin, according to 1 John 3, 4, is the transgression of the law. And here's what the Old Testament said about it in the book of Deuteronomy 6 and verse number 24. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statues to fear the Lord our God for good always that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. Breaking a covenant with God is what sin is. And God made a covenant with Israel. And every year on the day of the atonement, they renewed that covenant with God. Any breach of that covenant was sin in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, there are concepts much the same. But in addition, there's introduced the Son of God, Jesus Christ. His perfection is the standard against which we judge and measure sin. Sin has its roots in the inner man. 
according to the book of Matthew and the 15th chapter and verse number 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. Sin is unbelief. Unbelief rejects, denies, and substitutes God's truth. John tells us, that is St. John 3 and verse number 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Why is he condemned already? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Bible talks about it this way in Ephesians 2, 3, among whom also we had our conversations in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. Sin is the result of a human choice. The Bible tells me in 1 John 2 and verse number 3, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. What is sin? Sin is a rebellion of the creature against the creator. It's a positive refusal to obey God's law and submit to his will. It is a base ingratitude against God. It is a trampling of God's love and God's mercy and God's grace underfoot. Sin is despising God, a contempt of his commandments, an open disregard of his promises and also of his threats. Sin is a defiance of God's power. It is a complaint against the mercy of God. Sin is any action, any attitude or belief that's contrary to the will of God. Sin is yielding to temptation. Sin is more than just having bad habits or going to the wrong places. Sin is also wrong attitudes and wrong feelings. Sin is a renouncing and a rejection of God's friendship. It's a despising of God's grace. It is a choosing of one's own passions, pleasures, and gratifications rather than the will of the good God of heaven. Sin is a turning from that which is pure and that which is holy and turning to that which is foul and that which is wicked. Sin is to prefer some momentary pleasure of the flesh to the good and eternal pleasure of God's favor. 
Yes, my friend, I know man calls it an accident, but God calls sin an abomination. Man calls it a chance, but God calls it a choice. Man calls it an error, but God calls sin enmity. Man calls it an infirmity, but God calls sin iniquity. Man calls it a liberty, but God calls sin lawlessness. Man calls it a weakness, but God calls it willfulness. Amen. Who in this world can comprehend the grievousness of sin? Sin is such an insult to a righteous and holy God that all the intense flames of hell kindled against it throughout all eternity is not sufficient to appease the wrath of a holy God. Sin is something that God hates so much that every sinner who refuses to be washed in the blood, every sinner that rejects Christ, rejects his mercy, rejects his love, the Bible said will wake up in a place called hell. And my friend, sin is so terrible. Sin is so awful. You might think, well, surely after a thousand years, God punishing sin, that'll be enough. He'll bring all those damned souls out of hell. No, but somebody said, well, surely after a million years, God's wrath will be appeased and God will be satisfied and he'll be able to bring all the sinners out of hell. No, my friend, not even in 10 million years and even throughout all eternity, God hates sin so much that, my friend, it's never going to appease the wrath of God for hell will come to an end. Yes, sin is the most heinous. It's the most hellish thing in God's universe. Sin is a devilish, dooming, damning thing from which men are to be saved. God help us to see sin through the crimson lenses of Calvary's cross. Then, my friend, we'll be able to see sin through the eyes of a holy God. I tell you, my friend, sin is your worst enemy. Oh, the awfulness of sin. I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll rob you of your strength. It'll rob you of your health. It'll rob you of your hope forever. It'll rob you of time. It'll rob you of opportunities. It'll rob you of your character. It'll rob you of your reputation. It'll rob you of your happy marriage. And it'll rob you of your soul. And at the end, it'll rob you of heaven. What does sin do? It's important to know that God does not turn his back on sin. Sin and then an individual or family or nation. God does not wink at sin. Amen. What are the consequences of sin? It causes barriers between God and man. The Bible said in the book of Isaiah 59 and verse number 2, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God 
and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Sin separates you from God. Don't believe this lie that's being told in the religious world that you can go on sinning, sin more or less every day and still be a Christian. Friend, sin still separates from God. The sad thing about that is man becomes a slave to sin. The Bible tells us in Romans 6 and verse number 16, Know ye not to whom ye yield your servants to obey his servants ye are, whom ye obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Yes, my friend, if you're a sinner, you are a prisoner. You're in prison. But you have hope that you can get out of that prison. God still saves. God still delivers. He still breaks the chains of sin that's got men and women bound. But my dear friend, if you go on in your sin, you're going to end up in the prison house of despair. That's the place where there's no hope. Sin ruins relationships. The Bible talks about it in James 4 and verse 1 and 2. From whence comes wars and fightings among you. Come they not hence even of your own lust that ye war in your members. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war and yet ye have not because ye ask not. All oh, the guilt that sin brings. The Bible tells us in Romans 3 and verse number 19, Know ye not whatsoever things saith the law, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Not that it could die, not that it might die, but the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Statistics prove that wine and drugs and cigarettes and many other things that we could mention have shortened the lives of millions of people, cost our state and our families millions of dollars, eternal separation from God and loved ones down in hell. That's what sin costs. That's what does sin do? I tell you what sin does. It paints false pictures before both the young and the old. I can only imagine in my mind that prodigal son there at his father's house. What lies the devil must have told him. What all he could enjoy and what all he could have if he would just leave father's house and go into that far country. No, oh, how the devil painted false pictures to that prodigal son. And he went there in that far country and he found out the devil deceived him. The devil had lied to him. Yes, he found some pleasure there for a while. But listen to me, precious friend. Sin does not have a pleasant ending. It never has had sin. Not one time has had 
a pleasant ending. And that's the way it is in your life. You have the choice. You can go on in your sin. You can go on fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. But be sure, your sins will find you out. God is not mocked. Don't forget this, friend. Be not deceived. There's a reason he said that. Because the devil deceives a lot of people along this line. Thinking that some way they're going to get by. But that's how it starts. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Have you been mocking God? For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So how was it with the prodigal son? Sin never fulfills its promises. It glitters but to deceive. View the picture that Satan must have painted Eve if she would partake of that fruit. He told her if she would eat of the forbidden tree, she would become as God. But he did not tell her of the sorrow and the tears that would be reaped in later years. And that's the way it is with you, friend. The devil can make you think that somehow I'm going to be an exception to the rule. But I tell you, friend, it won't happen. Sin is expensive. Sin is the most expensive thing in this world. Let's look at what it costs. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's what it costs. What a price to pay for sin. And whosoever, that means you, your name, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Sin will cost you the peace of God, the happiness you could enjoy. It'll cost you heaven. Amen. And I tell you, friend, it's going to cost you more than you're going to want to pay. If you're not saved, you may not agree with me, but I'm going to promise you, one day, you're going to agree with what I'm getting ready to say. And that is, sin is not worth what it costs. Now, right now, you may be in the sowing period of your life. You may not be reaping right now. But there's coming a day you're going to reap for living in sin. In this life and in the life to come, there's a reaping that goes hand in hand with sin. And possibly in this life, the reaping will begin. I believe with all my heart, if some of you don't get saved, you're going to look back at this service and others that you've been in and say, I should have done it that night. Because you know what? Sin's going to take you further on than you are right now. You're going to get more and more entangled in the depths of sin. It's not going to get better, friend. 
it's going to get worse and worse and worse. God can set you free from the bondages of sin. God can break the chains that's got you bound. But even if you go on, I doubt that you will, but even if you go on, when your family is surrounding your bed and you're dying without God, I believe you're going to agree with me at that point. Sin has not paid. Here I am dying without God, without hope. Surely it's not been worth it. Surely you'll agree with me when you face the judgment, unprepared to meet God. When you see him sitting there on the throne, you're going to realize Brother Dishman was right. Brother Decker was right. Those preachers told me the truth. Sin is not worth what it costs. And beyond that, when you awaken a devil's hell, oh, how you'll know for sure. Sin was not worth all of this tragedy. It's not worth it, friend, to live in sin. If we could some way, somehow, speak to the rich young ruler and say, hey, the one that came to Jesus and said, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told you what you needed to do. Hey, you who went away sorrowful, can I ask you a question? Are you glad for that choice you made that day? Friend, he could have just as easily said, yes, Lord, I'll be a follower of thine. I'll do what you bid me to do. But he went away sorrowful. Amen. Somehow, some way, if we can talk to that, that rich fool. In the Bible, Luke 12, God called him a fool. We can talk to him. Say, hey, was it worth it living in sin for those few short years? For what you're paying now? Oh, no, it's not been worth it. What if we could go to the rich man in Luke 16? Hey, you remember Lazarus? The one that sat there at your gate, begged for the crumbs that fell from his table. Hey, that's, that's you I'm talking about. How about what? Was sin worth it? Are you glad for the choice you made? No. A million times no. What about Agrippa? Hey, Agrippa, you remember the day that you said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Something held you back, Agrippa. There was some sin that you held on to. Was it worth it, Agrippa? No. A million, million times no. It's not been worth it. Hey, Felix, you remember, Felix, the day that you said, I have a convenient season I'll call for you. For some reason or other, you was putting off your salvation. I want to ask you, Felix, was it worth it? No. A million times no. It wasn't worth it. What about Judas Iscariot, who denied the Lord, who betrayed the Son of God? Judas, hey, you that betrayed the Son of God, was it worth it? No. A million. Times, no. Hey, Demas, the fellow labor with the Apostle Paul, you allowed this world to get a hold of you. Demas, was the world 
worth it? No! A million times no. Sinner, I'm qualified to preach on this subject of sin because I too was bit by the serpent of sin. Not only did sin take me farther than I wanted to go, not only did it keep me longer than I wanted to stay, it cost me more than I wanted to pay. But the reason that I am qualified to preach on this subject is because not only was I bitten by the servant of sin, thank God I've had the remedy applied. And I recommend the remedy of being 100% efficient. There's a remedy for sin, and it's the precious blood of Jesus. And his blood goes deeper than the stain that's gone. His blood makes the vilest of sinners clean. And then not only clean the vilest of sinners, it'll clean up the good moral person that's never went into the depths of sin. I tell you, friend, I'm testifying. I'm qualified to preach on this subject because I had been delivered from the bondage and the power of the devil. I know what God can do. He did it for me. There is a remedy. Thank God there's a remedy. A person don't have to go on in their sins. There's a remedy. And it's all in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.